Hello, church family. I am excited to study God's Word with you this morning. Today is Palm Sunday, the first Sunday of Passion Week. This week is known as Passion Week or Holy Week because of the love and passion that Jesus showed to us years and years ago when he went to the cross in our place and he paid the price for our sins so that we might be able to receive forgiveness of sins and then enter into a relationship with God. Palm Sunday is the Sunday that we celebrate the entry of Jesus into Jerusalem. We celebrate Palm Sunday one week before we celebrate Resurrection Sunday. Palm Sunday is the Sunday Jesus made his triumphal entry into Jerusalem to uh, finish off his final week of ministry before going to the cross to pay our price for sins. Uh, the scriptures teach us that the people laid their clothes in palm branches along the road as King Jesus entered Jerusalem riding on a donkey. And we all like good news. We certainly need good news. And I have very good news for us this morning. And that simply is this. God loved us so much that he sent his son Jesus to rescue us from our sins. Jesus loved us so much that he gave his life for us on the cross of Calvary. As Jesus himself told us, greater love has no one than this, than he laid down his life for his friends. Jesus willingly, lovingly, and obediently laid down his life for us in accordance with God's sovereign plan for him. We know that Paul told us God made him who had no sin, Jesus, to be sin for us as he went to the cross in our place, paying the price for our sins, so that in him, by faith in Jesus, we may become the righteousness of God. God makes us right with him by his grace through our faith in Christ Jesus. And we know that there is nothing that can change or take this good news away from us. There is no one who can change or take this good news away from us. As Paul told us in Romans 8 verses 38 and 39, For I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor rulers nor things present nor things to come nor powers nor height nor depth nor any created thing will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. That is a hallelujah truth from God's word. Shout hallelujah in your home right now. I can hear you shouting hallelujah in your homes all across the Metroplex and quite honestly, all across our nation and our world as folks are joining and viewing with us this morning. So Father God, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for Jesus Christ, your son, our savior. God, we thank you that Jesus willingly and lovingly and obediently gave his life for us so that we could know you. And so, Father God, we now ask that you would teach us by your Holy Spirit in us uh, the truth of your word for us today and this week so that we can not only learn your truth, so that we can not only know your truth, so that we can not only understand your truth, but so that, Father, we can apply it and live it out in our lives today and this week. We thank you again for Jesus, and it's in his name we pray. Amen and amen. Well, open your Bibles with me to Ephesians chapter 5. Uh, we are coming to the end of our sermon series titled Walking Wisely. God has been teaching us over these past weeks 
about how we are to walk wisely as followers of Jesus Christ. God has been teaching us, uh, specifically through these words that Paul wrote to us years and years ago. Paul wrote in Ephesians chapter 5, beginning in verse 15, pay careful attention then to how you live, not as unwise people, but as wise, making the most of the time because the days are evil. So don't be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. And don't get drunk with wine, which leads to reckless living, but be filled by the Spirit. We are able to walk wisely as we understand the truth of God's Word and as we put the truth of God's Word into practice in our lives by the power of the Holy Spirit living within us day after day after day. And so I want us to jump back into this passage. We're going to continue our study of this passage. We're going to pick up where we left off last week uh, in our study of this passage. And so Paul commanded us uh, here in verse 18 to be filled by the Spirit of God. God fills us by His Spirit as we surrender ourselves to God. We've been sharing this over the past several weeks. Surrendering ourselves to God simply means every area of our life belongs to God. He dwells in us. He is in charge of us. We humble ourselves before God. We confess our sins to God. We yield ourselves to God day after day. He leads, we follow. And so we've seen the importance of this in this passage, in the testimony of Scripture, and certainly in the testimony of our own lives. And so we continue to look at this uh, passage this morning because Paul was so kind to identify for us some daily results that should be seen in and through our lives as we are filled by the Spirit of God. If we're filled by the Holy Spirit of God, Paul identified some, some results, some marks that will be true in our lives, that will be seen in our lives and through our lives by those around us that will give confidence and give evidence that we are in fact filled by the Spirit of God. And so we're going to look at this. He began to share these beginning in verse 19. Paul said in verse 18, and don't get drunk with wine, which leads to reckless living, but be filled by the Spirit of God, speaking to one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing and making music in our heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for everything to God the Father, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another in the fear of of Christ. So as we look at these results, I want us to take a deeper look into this passage this morning together. The first result, which we really focused our attention on last Sunday, is a Christ follower who is filled by and with the Holy Spirit will overflow with joyfulness. As Paul said in verse 19, uh, speaking to one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing and making music in your hearts to the Lord. We will overflow with joyfulness as spirit-filled followers of Jesus Christ. This joyfulness will be expressed in a couple of ways, in joyful speech and in joyful song. As Paul told us in verse 19, speaking and singing. So we will overflow in joyful speech and in joyful song. I encourage you to go online and watch our service from last Sunday to get more of the background and the full teaching on this point, uh, this first point, uh, because we're going to move on to the second point and the third this morning. And so we know the second point that Paul identifies for us in this passage is a Christ follower who is filled by and with the Holy Spirit of God will overflow with thankfulness. 
Paul said in verse 20, giving thanks always for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. A spirit-filled follower of Jesus Christ will not, will not overflow with complaining, with grumbling, with murmuring, or whining. A spirit-filled follower of Jesus Christ will overflow with thankfulness. Paul said in verse 20, giving thanks. Giving thanks literally means to be grateful. It means to be thankful as for a favor. Giving thanks in the original language, eucharisteo, is a combination word of two words, you, which means good, and charis, which means grace. And so giving thanks is simply acknowledging how good God's grace is in our lives. Giving thanks is to acknowledge how God gives us grace upon grace upon grace every day throughout our day. Giving thanks is in the present tense here in this verse. And so we know giving thanks, acknowledging how good God's grace is for us and to us and in us, giving thanks is to be our daily lifestyle as followers of Jesus Christ. And so we will overflow with thankfulness. And then Paul gave us some more clarity on this result as he says, giving thanks always. Always literally means always, at all times, in all circumstances. Giving thanks on a day-by-day -day basis throughout the day, always, at all times, in all circumstances, for everything, which literally means for everything, for all things. So we're to give thanks always for everything to God the Father. We're to give thanks always for everything to God the Father because all we are and all we have is from God our Father. Scripture teaches us this. James told us every good and perfect gift is from above, from God. We know God is the one who is giving us the air that we breathe even now, the health that we have, the strength that we have, the minds that we have. Scripture teaches us, Paul reminded us, that we have been blessed with every spiritual blessing from God. God has blessed us with every spiritual blessing. So we can certainly understand Paul's point here that a spirit-filled follower of Jesus Christ will overflow with thankfulness. We will give thanks always for everything to God our Father because all we are and all we have is from him in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. So we'll give thanks to God always for everything. He is our Father. And the reason we give thanks always for everything to God the Father is because we are able to call God our Father by his grace through our faith in Christ Jesus. We know, as Paul told us, that we have been blessed with every spiritual blessing from God in Christ Jesus. And so we see clearly that a follower of Jesus Christ, filled by the Spirit, uh, is not going to be impacted uh, completely by the circumstances around them, but by Christ and His Holy Spirit in them. And so therefore, we'll overflow with joyfulness, we'll overflow with thankfulness, always for everything, to God the Father, through our Lord Jesus Christ, because we can call God our Abba Father because of His grace through our faith in Christ Jesus. 
Now, we also know, according to our study of the Word of God and our knowledge of God's truth, that Jesus was thankful as he ministered here on earth. Jesus continually gave thanks to God during his time of earthly ministry. Paul not only preached about giving thanks, but Paul gave thanks. We see this over and over again in Paul's writings in the New Testament. Paul actually started many of his letters to the believers in the churches in the New Testament that Paul planted, the believers that Paul loved, uh, the believers in the churches where Paul ministered during his missionary journeys for differing periods of time. He would often start his letters to these believers in these churches by giving thanks to God for them. I'll give you just a couple of examples to help us see this more clearly. In Ephesians, uh, the letter, the book that we're in right now to the church of Ephesus, in chapter 1, verse 16, Paul wrote these words, I never stop giving thanks for you as I remember you in my prayers. If you turn to your right, in Philippians chapter 1, in verses 3 and 4, Paul wrote, I give thanks to my God for every remembrance of you, always praying with joy for all of you in my every prayer. So we clearly see that Paul overflowed with thankfulness. He was one who was overflowing with thankfulness all the time, in all circumstances, to God. And he overflowed with thankfulness for his brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus. We also know that Paul understood giving thanks always for everything literally meant giving thanks always for everything. That meant in the good times and in the bad times. That meant in the times of difficult circumstances, unforeseen circumstances, the times of dramatic change, the times of trials and tests of his faith, Paul understood that giving thanks always for everything included everything. And Paul was faithful. He gave thanks to God when he was falsely accused, beaten, and thrown in jail. Paul gave thanks to God in particular in Philippi, when he ministered there in Philippi, while at the same time as he was in chains for Christ Jesus in Philippi, other preachers who were free were going around putting Paul down and they were trying to lead people from turning away from Paul because he was in prison to following after them. And yet Paul continued to give thanks always for everything. We can give thanks always for everything to God, our Father, because we know God is with us in everything by his grace through our faith in Christ Jesus. We can give thanks always. We can rejoice always because the Lord is always with us. And so we know as Christ followers, right here, right now, in your home, wherever it is that you're listening to these words and worshiping with us online, right here, right now, whether you're with your family or whether you're by yourself, we know as followers of Jesus Christ, I want us to know and understand this key point, God is with us right now. God is with you right now. God is with me right now. And this is a great truth for us. This provides us with great comfort, great peace, and great confidence and great strength. Listen, if you're struggling with anxiety because of everything that's going on 
right now. God is with you. If you're struggling with worry because of everything that's going on, God is with you. If you're struggling with anger and frustration because of the changes that have happened recently, God is with you. If you're struggling with loneliness because of all of this separation that we're seeing more and more happening to us as we're not able to be around our loved ones and to be around our brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus like we were before, God is with you. I want you to know if you've recently lost your job, God is with you. If, re if you've recently uh, been furloughed from your job or you have your, had, had your job suspended, or if you've recently had a reduction in pay, God is with you. If you're dealing with discouragement or despair because of what's going on around you, because you're not able to go and do as you were able to go and do before, God is with you. His eyes are on you. His ears are listening to you. God is with you. He won't lose you. He won't leave you. He won't forsake you. He won't forget you. God is with you, and he will continue to be faithful to meet all of your needs as you surrender to him and as you're filled by the Holy Spirit of God he will continue to bless God provide and protect you in these days what well, does this mean that God wants me to give thanks for sin for abuse for crime for sickness such as cancer or the novel coronavirus. It's giving thanks to God for everything, include this. And the answer is no, Paul is not teaching this because God's word doesn't teach this. We know that God has said in his word over and over again from the Old Testament and New Testament that we're not to rejoice we're not to give thanks for sin. Psalmist said in Psalm 97 in verse 10, you who love the Lord hate evil. He protects the lives of his faithful ones. He rescues them from the power of the wicked. Those who love the Lord, those of us who love the Lord, those of us who know the Lord, we're to hate evil and sin. Amos, the Old Testament prophet said in Amos chapter 5, beginning in verse 14, pursue good and not evil so that you may live and the Lord, the God of armies, will be with you as you have claimed. Hate evil and love good. Establish justice in the city gate. Perhaps the Lord, the God of armies, will be gracious to the remnant of Joseph. Amos here rebuked the children of Israel for their sin against God. Amos challenged the Israelites to hate evil, to hate sin, and to do good. If you turn to the New Testament, we see Paul shared with us in Romans 12 and verse 9. Let your love be without hypocrisy. Detest evil. Cling to what is good. Paul said in 1 Thessalonians 5 and verse 22, stay away from every kind of evil. God hates sin and evil, and we are to hate sin and evil as followers of Jesus Christ. As Christ followers, we know in accordance with the truth of God's word, God is not the author of sin and evil. We know God is not tempted by sin and evil. We know God does not tempt us to sin or do evil. As Christ followers, according to the truth of God's word, we know that we live in a fallen world today. 
we know we only see dimly as in a mirror right now. We only know in part right now. As Christ followers, we know according to the truth of God's word, our God is a sovereign God who is in control. So we can give thanks always for everything to God the Father because we know God works in all things, including evil, for the good of those who love him, for those who are called according to his purpose, which includes you and me and every follower of Jesus Christ. Joseph, our Old Testament friend, spoke this truth to his brothers uh, when they were reunited with him years and years after they hated him and they sold him to the Midianite traders, they basically wrote him out of their lives. They went back home and lied to their father and told their father that Jacob had died, that that Joseph had died, and so we see this reunion happening in Egypt as the brothers of Joseph are reunited with Joseph and Joseph shared this truth with them in Genesis 50 and verse 20, you planned evil against me. God planned it for good to bring about the present result, the survival of many people, the saving of many lives. We know Joseph understood that we can give thanks always for everything to God the Father. Matthew Henry is a uh, prominent Bible scholar and author, and he shared a story that happened with him. And years ago, he was robbed. And uh, later the evening, after he had been robbed uh, during the daytime, uh, as he was writing in his journal that night before he went to sleep, he wrote these words in his journal. Let me be thankful first that this was the first time I was robbed. I've never been robbed before. Second, that though they took my purse, they didn't take my life. Third, let me be thankful that though they took my all, it wasn't much. And fourth, let me be thankful because it was I who was robbed and not I who robbed. We can give thanks always for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. I was watching uh, the news recently, as many of us are doing quite often now, and watching and listening to the news, and I was struck by this one uh, report that I was watching and observing, and in this particular situation on, on the channel, and I don't remember what it was, uh, I just remember uh, that it kind of struck me. Uh, there was a, a news reporter who was speaking to a pastor, uh, and the news reporter asked this pastor a question with... Uh, some cynicism in his voice and some disbelief in his voice. Uh, and, and there was sure, certainly an, an, an angle uh, that this news reporter had as he asked his pastor the simple question, how can you be grateful for anything during this time? And he asked that question of the pastor with, with great passion. And as I listened, as I thought about that, I began to realize this news reporter is, is asking a very prominent question, a question that, that many, especially those in the world today, meaning those who are separated from God because of their sin against God, those who do not have a relationship with God by God's grace through their faith in Christ Jesus, this is a question that many folks in the world who don't personally know the Savior Jesus are asking every day. 
The reason they're asking this question, what do we have? What do you have to be grateful for during this time? Is they're searching. They're searching for answers. They're searching for help. They're searching for hope. They're searching for reasons to be joyful, reasons to be thankful, reasons to keep going, reasons to, to be confident that, that things will change, reasons to, to be confident that they're going to be okay. And we need to understand as followers of Jesus Christ, just as this pastor understood as he responded to the reporter's question, we need to understand that these folks around us every day, all through the day, are asking this question. What is it that we have to be thankful for during this time? And we must be filled by the Spirit of God so that we can overflow with thankfulness. We must be filled by the Spirit of God so that we can give thanks always for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Because the truth of the matter is, my brother and my sister in Christ Jesus, we we have every reason to overflow with thankfulness today. We have every reason to overflow with thankfulness day by day, all throughout the day. We are chosen by God in Christ Jesus. We have been forgiven by God in Christ Jesus. We have a home in heaven with God in Christ Jesus. We have been lavished by God's love for us in Christ Jesus. We are members of God's family in Christ Jesus. We have been saved by God's grace through faith in Christ Jesus. We are sealed by the Holy Spirit of God in Christ Jesus. We have victory over sin and death in Christ Jesus. We're able to walk in our victory day by day with one another in Christ Jesus. We have all the promises of God's word which are true for us in Christ Jesus. We know greater is he who's in us than he who is in the world. We know God is with us every step of our way day by day. We know God is working in us to will and to work according to his good purpose for us. And we know God will carry on his work in us until completion, until the day of Christ Jesus. We know God is watching over us. We know we are never outside of his sight. We know God never neither sleeps nor slumbers, that he is watching over us, that his eyes are on us and his ears are open to us. We know God's grace is sufficient for us and his power is made perfect in our weakness. We know God is giving us grace upon grace upon grace every day, all through our days. We know God fills us by his spirit so that we can become more like Jesus. God fills us by his spirit so that we can live for Jesus. God fills us by his spirit so that we can be effective ministers for Jesus. God fills us by his spirit so that we can be effective witnesses for Jesus. We can give thanks always for everything to God the Father in Christ Jesus. Amen. Shout amen in your home. We can give thanks always for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, God's Son, our Savior. The Spirit-filled follower of Jesus Christ will overflow with joyfulness. They'll overflow with thankfulness always, at all times, in all circumstances, for everything, for all things, to God the Father, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Spirit-filled follower of Jesus Christ, a Christ follower who is filled by and with the Holy Spirit will overflow with submissiveness as well. As Paul said in verse 21, submitting to one another in the fear of Christ. A spirit-filled follower of Jesus Christ will not, say not, will not 
overflow with selfishness. A spirit-filled follower of Jesus Christ will overflow with selflessness. Submitting, in the original language, hupatasso, means to be subject to another, to yield to another. It is the voluntary attitude of service to another. It's the voluntary attitude of being subject to another. This word submitting uh, was a military term that was used in Paul's day to describe how troops, how soldiers would line up under the leadership of their commander. They would line up under and be subject to the leadership of their commanding officer. And so we see submitting is in the present tense again. And so this is to be our daily lifestyle as followers of Jesus Christ. We are to submit, to be subject to, to voluntarily yield ourselves to another day after day after day, all through the day. We're to overflow with selflessness day by day. Paul said submitting to one another that means our brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus. So we're to submit to one another in the fear of Christ. So what Paul is saying is this. We are to lovingly and voluntarily submit and yield and selflessly give ourselves away to our brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus out of our love for Jesus, our reverence for Jesus, and our obedience to to Jesus. This is to be our daily lifestyle. We're to overflow with joyfulness. We're to overflow with thankfulness. And then we're to overflow <clears throat> with submissiveness to one another as brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus. Now we know and understand that there is perfect submission and authority expressed in the Godhead. Jesus, God's Son, submitted himself to God the Father's plan for his life as he stepped out of heaven and came to earth to rescue us from our sins. The Holy Spirit of God submitted himself to God the Father's plan for his life as he waited for Jesus, God the Son, to do God the Father's will, not his will, as Jesus said, as he waited for Jesus, God the Son, to finish his ministry to complete his work on earth before then the Holy Spirit <clears throat> in accordance with the command of God the Father came to dwell in us and to empower us to be followers of Jesus and witnesses for Jesus. There is perfect peace and harmony in the Godhead. So we can see that God's desire is for, for there to be perfect peace and harmony in the body of Christ, among brothers and sisters in Christ, in local church families, <clears throat> in our own families, in marriages, in our homes. There's to be perfect peace and harmony. How does that happen? It happens as we overflow with submissiveness. So as we submit to God, God fills us by his spirit. As we are filled by the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit fills us with the desire and the strength to submit to one another, our brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus. Submitting to one another helps us 
to bless one another. Submitting to one another helps us to encourage one another. Submitting to one another helps us to live in harmony with one another. Submitting to one another helps us to live in unity with one another. Submitting to one another helps us to love one another. Submitting to one another helps us to listen to one another. Submitting to one another helps us to minister to one another. Submitting to one another helps us to serve one another. Submitting to one another helps us to understand one another. Submitting to one another helps us to walk in our victory in Christ Jesus with one another. Submitting to one another helps us obey God because he's commanded us to submit to one another in the fear of Christ. Submitting to one another helps us to please God because God is pleased when we walk in obedience to his word. Submitting to one another helps us to point others to God. When we overflow with submissiveness, when we overflow with selflessness, We're able to point others to God because it is so rarely seen in the world around us. This overflowing of joyfulness and thankfulness and and submissiveness is rarely seen in the world around us because it is empowered and driven by the Holy Spirit of God. And the Holy Spirit of God lives within us by God's grace through our faith in Christ Jesus. And so we know that as we overflow with selflessness, as we overflow with submissiveness, It allows us to point people to God. Jesus told us of this in his great commission of us. You remember those words at the end of Matthew's gospel. Jesus gathered his disciples and followers together before, shortly before he was to ascend into heaven. And he said, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore, submit yourselves to me. Go therefore, surrender yourselves to me. Go therefore, yield yourselves to me is what Jesus is saying. Go therefore in submission, in surrender, in yieldedness, in submissiveness. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe everything I've commanded you. And remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. Submitting to God and to one another was a must for the disciples and followers of Jesus years and years ago. As they obeyed God, as they submitted to God and to one another, God used them to bless and minister to one another, to bless and minister to those around them, and to bring honor and glory and praise to his name. Submitting to God and to one another is a must for us today as followers of Jesus Christ. As we submit to God, as we obey God, as we submit to God and to one another, God will use us to bless and minister to one another. God will use us to bless and minister to those he places around us. God will use us and he will allow us the privilege to bring honor and glory and praise to his name. We must do just as the disciples and followers did years ago. We must do as Jesus told his disciples and followers. We must remember that he is with us always to the end of the age. We must remember that God is with us by his Holy Spirit in us every step of our way, day by day. He is with us even now, even today. And he will never leave us, fail us, or forget us. So let's be filled by the Spirit of God so that we 
will be able to overflow with the joyfulness and thankfulness and the submissiveness that is ours in Christ Jesus because this helps us and others draw near to Jesus. Being filled by the Spirit allows us to receive the blessings of God in amazing ways at all times, no matter the circumstances of our lives. Being filled by the Spirit allows us to be a blessing to those around us at all times, no matter the circumstances that we find ourselves in. We're able to be a blessing to those that God places around us. We are filled by the Spirit of God as we surrender ourselves to God day by day, all through the day. Let me ask you to bow in prayer. I want to encourage you, my brother, my sister in Christ Jesus. Let's spend some time together right now, right there in the quietness of your own home, just to spend time in prayer. Maybe you want to kneel right there uh, as you're sitting on the couch or maybe your favorite chair or even the side of your bed. You may want to just take a knee right there and to begin to, to spend this time with the Lord and to, to allow the Lord to speak to you and to ask God to, to renew his strength, to renew his love, to renew his blessings in your life. Surrender yourself once again to the Lord. Confess any area of sin in your life that has crowded in your relationship with God. Confess those sins of anger or worry or anxiety or uncertainty or frustration. Maybe the words that you've said to those around you the thoughts in your mind that have not been pleasing to the Lord. Spend this time confessing your sins to the Lord and renewing your submission to God. Ask God to simply fill you with His Spirit. Because as we know, as brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus, He will do just that. As we spend time in prayer, seeking the Father, surrendering again at the beginning of this week, fresh and new, God will fill us with His Spirit. He'll forgive us of our sins. And restore that fellowship with us and empower us to continue living our lives filled by his Holy Spirit. And friend, let me just encourage you, if you have not yet trusted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, if you're still on your journey to a relationship with God, if, if you're still living life your way, but you're, you're listening and you've been watching and observing and learning more and more about God and how to have a relationship with God by faith in his son, the Savior Jesus. And let me encourage you to make that decision this very morning, to surrender yourself to God, to just simply tell God you understand that you're a sinner and that the sin in your life separates you from God, that admit to God, he already knows, he asks us to Admit to him, to agree with him. That's what confession means, to agree with God about what God already knows about our sin. To just admit to God that, that we've turned away, that, that you've lived your own way, that you've done your own thing. And tell God that you believe and know now, according to your understanding of the word of God, that Jesus Christ took your place on the cross and he paid your price for sin. That Jesus shed his blood for you on the cross of Calvary years and years ago. That you believe he died in your place and that he was buried and he rose again on the third day victorious over sin and death for you. And that you believe the blood of Jesus Christ is what will cleanse you of your sin. And you desire 
to have a relationship with God. Just simply tell God, God, I ask you to forgive me of my sin. God, I believe Jesus is my Savior. I believe Jesus took my place on the cross and paid my price for sin. And I ask you to cleanse me of my sin, God. And I ask you to come in and to take over and to take charge of my life. I receive your gift of salvation as I place my faith and trust in Jesus. Friend, that is the greatest decision you can make in life. The decision to receive God's gift of love and life and forgiveness of sin and salvation and new life, a fresh start. Available to us in Christ Jesus because of the work of Jesus Christ on the cross for us years and years ago. Let me encourage you to, to just pray a simple prayer like this, friend, if you want to receive God's gift of salvation by placing your faith in Jesus Christ. Father God, I realize today and I admit once and for all that I'm a sinner and that I've lived my own way and done my own thing and God... It's not working. And God, I know and understand my sin separates me from you, and I need a Savior. And God, I believe Jesus is my Savior. I believe what your word teaches, that Jesus lived a perfect life on this earth years ago, that he died a perfect death on the cross of Calvary in my place for my sins, that he was buried in the tomb, and that he rose again on the third day victorious over sin and death for me. I believe Jesus is the only way for me to enter into a relationship with you because he shed his perfect blood on the cross for me, which provides me with forgiveness of sins and allows me the opportunity to enter a relationship with you. And so God, as best as I know how, I ask you to forgive me, I ask you to cleanse me, and I receive your gift of salvation as I place my faith in Jesus Christ. Thank you, God, for hearing my prayer. Thank you, God, for saving me. And now, God, I pray that you would fill me by your Spirit and enable me to live my life from you from this day forward. Father God, we thank you for the truth of your word. God, we thank you that as we surrender ourselves to you by your grace at work in our lives, through our response of faith, we know according to the truth of your word that you save us and that we become part of your church family. We become part of your family. We become followers of Jesus Christ. And so God, for all of those who prayed a prayer similar to this this morning, for those who received your gift of salvation today, God, we rejoice in their salvation this morning. And we ask that you would fill them by your spirit and you would continue to lead and guide and direct them this day and this week as they grow in their faith in Christ Jesus. God, I pray for all my brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus. God, today, now more than ever, we need to be filled by your Spirit. Father, we need to surrender ourselves to you. And so, God, I pray that we would surrender ourselves to you now in these moments, throughout the day, throughout this week, so that we might overflow with joyfulness and thankfulness and submissiveness, allowing us to be blessed and allowing us to bless those you place around us. We thank you for your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. And Father God, we pray that you would continue to bless us as you walk with us every step of our way, day by day. We thank you for Jesus. We thank you for these moments. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said, amen.
and amen. Thank you for joining us. We hope you are blessed by God during your time of worship. If you made a decision to place your faith and trust in Christ Jesus, we'd love for you to reach out to us and let us know. We want to celebrate with you in this new decision, and we want to encourage you as you begin your new walk with the Lord.